Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can better develop products that your customers will love. Today, we're talking about strategic product planning, which involves decision-making, problem-solving, feature prioritization, and product vision creation. Our guest is Yaroslav Lazar. He's the founder and CEO of Railsware, and he created strategic product planning tools and frameworks that really equip Railsware and that they continue to use today to apply to their projects for customers as well as their own products they create. I first heard of Railsware when the founder of Calendly, that tool that so many people use to schedule meetings with people, he talked about the group that helped develop Calendly for him, and that was Railsware. So the opportunity to talk uh, more about what they do, I think would be really valuable for all of us. Railsware is a product studio focused on creating services and products that is on the path to becoming a $10 billion firm. As a reminder, listeners, we do create a written summary of everything we discuss, including a one-page action guide to help you put into action immediately some of the key takeaways that Yaroslav will share with us. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 467. This podcast is sponsored by the Rapid Product Mastery Experience, the RPM Experience. This helps product leaders and VPs get their product managers and everyone else contributing to product on the same page, increasing their performance together, working in alignment to reach those North Star objectives. It works best for new teams or those teams that are established and facing a big challenge together, teams that you want to improve the performance of. The system works by meeting virtually for nine weeks, 75 minutes a week, and participants learn the seven essential product knowledge areas, building trust and collaboration as we go. It's a unique experience, not like other training. It really does make a difference for people individually and for the group. To find out more about that, go to productmasterynow.com slash RPM. Yaroslav, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I am delighted to have the opportunity to hear about just what has made Railsware successful, and we'll get into some of the tools and frameworks in a moment for that. First, though, I, I love personal success stories, and you went from developer to product person to CEO now of a multi-billion dollar uh, firm. Can you just share what you credit key success points from? Uh, you work really hard. You're really smart. What, what happened here? So we're not a multi-billion dollar firm right now. We're You're on the path. Yeah, we're on the path. Yeah, we're going, we're working toward that. We did have some successes in our doings and we created some very successful products. We were a part of the team to create some successful products and we run our current products. And then I would say that I was never specifically a developer. I was always like a product developer. It, in the early days, I had no product managers looking over me. So I had to build the products myself uh, and then product manage myself. Mm. And I would say this is one of the, this is a, one of the, our secret ingredients, right? Then when you are, I specifically am very involved in product, and this is how we've been tailoring our organization that everyone is thinking about the product because there's a big gap between communications of product managers and engineers. And there's a lot of industry stagnation. There's a lot of pressure from the product managers to developers to either develop faster or cut on technical depths and so on. But they are very brute. Those limitations are very brute. They are, they don't give ability for engineers and product managers to to work together in a, in a harmony, right? And then for that, you need for the skills have to cover one another, so they have to overlay one another. So product managers have to understand development pretty deeply, and then the uh, engineers have to understand product management deeply, because very often they are the ones 
who make can make decisions and say, you know what, we can make this hundred times cheaper mm. by doing this trick. And then if if you do that, this there's some very nice tricks that get off out of the sleeves. And this is one of the secrets of, of Railsware of how we've been developing products across years and how we did all our products. And, and we can dive into that and, and talk a bit about that. Right. I think that's such an important point. It seems like many of the issues in organizations come between of the between the divisions of functions, right? And we end up throwing things over the wall from one function in this example, from product maybe to engineering. Some things get lost in translation when we do that. So if the product people and the developers, the engineers are really integrated, tell us what that kind of looks like. I don't know if they're actually dual had a dual role or, or what does that look like? So we've seen it from a perspective because we work, so we run our own products. We are on mm-hmm. three, three product sets right now. It's MailTrap, Coupler, and the Titan apps. And Titan apps, we're about to release our first app. And it, it works differently than in, in-house. Then it works with when we work as a consultancy with clients. Clients, is everyone knows, like Calendly, well-known brand in the world and how did that work. Because we did, we were doing Calendly from scratch together with the founder versus when you go into someone's IELTS organization where things are already mapped out and then you need to help them to, to tweak some of their uh, approaches and principles. It works very differently uh, because of the people dynamics, right? And when, when you are in startup, there's no people dynamics, they're just the founder. So mm-hmm. you can focus on the founder and then shake him up a bit and then share your knowledge and so on. But when you go into organization where you have a lot of people who have been working already and they had their successful processes, that's very difficult. But one thing that is common is our bridges framework. So the bridges framework gives you ability to look at the same picture, at the same page. When you only start the project, the product owners, the product managers, someone from the managerial team who's running the product has given it a lot of thought. Very often the founder, sometimes founders are thinking about those products for years and they're creating those 3D thoughts in their heads mm-hmm. uh, and then those ideas and, and how it's going to grow and how it will be perceived and then I will do this and they will, it, it's a massive amount of data that you cannot inline straight forward. And what we do with them is that we take bridges and we map it out. So we map out who are the, the roles of the actual real people that are going to use this product. What are their problems? So if you're a, a lawyer who's editing uh, text, or oh, let's take example of Coupler. If you're a marketeer who wants to see your data across different advertisement platforms, what are your problems? And then it would be something like you have to log into multiple dashboards and then maybe copy paste them into Excel file and then so that you see an overall spend. and. You need to, so basically you're extracting this knowledge from that person that you're thinking about. And then the way someone who really deeply knows the problem would describe them and would explain them is completely differently from what, how it will be perceived by a person who just heard about it. Let's say, take Calendly, for example, when you say, okay, there, there's a person who wants to schedule a meeting and they want to know what's their availability. They want to schedule it. So the developer would think, okay, it's, it's not such a big deal to schedule a meeting and would perceive a, a small part of it. But then when we go along and then we say that it typically takes six emails back and forth to figure out who has availability. And then at the time when you do figure it out, probably it'll go away because someone else will book it. There, when, there, when you take something like a domain knowledge from the industry that 
if you are able to get personal attention within the first like 15 to 15 minutes, then the sale will go 20 times as fast. When you hear all those little details, you start changing, rewiring your brain from what you perceived as your first thoughts to something that the person was thinking for years. But the person that was thinking this information for years, they cannot tell you all of it because that would be like a book. It would be something. It's a 3D knowledge. It's very hard. So as we take those cards and as we align them on the board of what the person was thinking about, you, you start seeing this much bigger, much deeper picture. The beauty is that everyone is in, this, in the same room or in a virtual room nowadays, very often looking at the same picture and talking about the same cards. And they remember little stories around each card. And then when the cards aligned into this kind of shape, they also remember what part of story is where. And it very it mimics uh, how our brain works, how our neuron works. We remember a lot of things, but we don't remember that we remember them. We don't have an index for our thoughts, right? It's something like you, you, you feel a smell or you uh, listen to some music that you have some great memories of, and then it flashes in your head. It, you had that memory, but there's, there was no way to access it. You needed a trigger. So and then this map becomes a trigger of a lot of knowledge that, that you have, right? And then we have two boards. The left board is the problem space where we describe issues, benefits, risks, domain knowledge, goals of the company, the actual people that are going to be using the solution. And then we describe the solution space, which is solution direction, solution variation. We figure out which direction are we going to go. Maybe it's an add-on, maybe it's an app, maybe it's a email marketing bolt that bugs you. There's very different ways how to approach a certain industry. And solution space will also have all the ideas that you have, because very often we communicate with ideas. Oh, I have this idea. And then, and then the funny thing is that also the solution space and the problem space will get disynchronized. So someone will say, oh, I have this idea. And the founder will say, I have this idea. And you're like, but what is that idea about? We didn't have a problem for that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they come up with this huge problem space that they just forgot about because it was stored in their head as, a, as an idea, as a solution, because this, this is how we people we like to have solutions for problems. We like to be smart and have this aha moment. And basically, so we go back and forth up until it's done and everyone is exhausted and everyone says, okay, this is it. This is what we're building. And then people are on the same page. The product managers, the product designers, engineers, everyone actually understands what is it that we're building in a much deeper manner. And then this is the cheapest way to, to take this 3D thoughts from the person and then squeeze it in onto the board. Okay. Let me unpack that a little bit. You said this is called bridges? Yeah. Okay. And there might be some more details that we add to that as we talk about this. But the big pieces I got so far was we're exploring the problem space and you physically sounds like you're all together in the room with the person that has the problem, but like the founder that wants to get a solution developed. You have a big left board that's describing the problem, everything that's related to that, who has that problem, and then a big right board. And that's all the ideas that contribute to the solutions, possible solutions, and where that's going. And at some time, we converge on what a solution is, it sounds. And you're using cards to help describe aspects of this. I just want to get my understanding right so listeners can understand this too. They may have picked up on all this already. I'm sometimes slower. The card part, what are you putting down on cards? So cards, they're bigger cards, which would be personas, mm -hmm. right? So we were doing something for a school. So for example, American school system is different than, let's say, European school systems. And American schools are managed by a district. 
typically. So the school doesn't have a lot to say how the school will be managed. The district will figure out, right? And then this is something, and then you take developer from Poland, right? And then you start working with him and he would think it works the way he thinks the schools work. And then, but the product managers on US side would think that he understands that because it's logical, right? So you put a, like a head of the district, for example, as a role, as a user role that needs something from the product. Then you would put a, like a, a school manager and then the school director and a teacher onto the board. Those would be the roles of, of people. And then you start mapping out the cards of their issues. So what are their issues in, in their real life? For example, the school administrator might have an issue of having a, a list of all of the schools in the district, loses them. Or he would like to, to manage websites for schools, for example. And he, he would like to copy the website between schools or keep a template of websites between schools mm -hmm. because they're pretty much the same. They're just slightly different. Um, so copying is a big deal for them for that particular person. And it takes a lot of his life's work, right? And then a frustration uh, and energy. And as you dive deeper into each role and their actual problems, you start creating empathy to that person and you start understanding them more. And it helps you to build the software product that will be tailored to solving problems of those real people rather than just hearing, telling, getting tasks from someone and saying, mm -hmm. let's make this uh, login page. Let's make this uh, page navigation editor. So you get to, to build your understanding. Then there's benefits that those people would like to have. So something right. nice in their life that would make their uh, life easier, better, more organized, more dynamic. Um, then there are risks that they're thinking about, right? Might be cybersecurity risks or systems are too complex and, and there's a risk of people not using them. So you're those different approaches to describing information because the problems that you describe are different than the benefits you would like to have. And then they're different from the risks you were thinking about. We found it very exhaustive to, to describe a, a certain context. Yeah. And then this kind of 3D information gives you a much better picture and understanding of the, the person that you're working with, that you're building software for absolutely every member to, uh, of the team, not just the product manager. Looking back into the gap that we'll be talking about, the, there should be, there should be no gaps between the team members and there should be an overlay. This is the overlay that we're building for everyone to actually own the information together. Yeah. So the people actually developing the solution, they're critical to this process. They're part of this from the very beginning to gain that empathy of the customer of the problem and start integrating that into their thinking about the problem. And that leads to potential solutions. Yep. Okay. Um, bridges, uh, before I forget on cards. So these cards are being obviously created uh, dynamically in real time as the discussion emerges. Uh, are we writing narrative on the cards, you know, writing words? Are we drawing pictures? Is there a combination? Um, anything that you found that works best? Typically we write the smallest amount of words that describe what is it that you want to say. Mm -hmm. And then everyone will remember the rest. So okay. People are pretty good at remembering. They're just not good at pinpointing it in the right places. So there's okay. a, in some of the sessions you get about 500 cards when you just add a lot of the details to it. Yep. Okay. Yep. And the bridges framework, 
I, w- I was listening to see if Bridges stands for something or not, right? Because you, you talked about Bridges, uh, about benefits and risks and issues. I don't know if it's an acronym or just this notion that we're bridging the problem and the solution. I, I think it, there might be an acronym in it. I'm actually not sure. but It wasn't intended. <laughs> yeah, we called it Inception at some point, an Inception session. And then Bridges just basically helps to bridge the gap between yeah. all of it. Yeah, so absolutely. It's a nice sketchy name. Yeah, I have often used that language in the past about bridging the gap. We need to bridge the gap between our understanding of the problem and the solution that we can actually deliver. And and if that gap doesn't exist, then we create a solution that has high value for the customer. Yeah. Okay, that's really good. And we've talked about physically these two boards. Have you done these as a virtual meeting as well as a in-person meeting? Uh, Yeah, this is what we do lately, virtual meetings, because after COVID specifically and um we it was very nice to be in a room full of people and then i was specifically closing the door to the room and saying nobody gets out here's water here's tea here's cookies if someone's hungry or thirsty here you go nobody leaves because it's so there's a lot of stress in the room to actually just focus sure and um, people tend to like run away and say like i have an email to answer everyone has an email to answer so so i was making people to focus a lot and that was nice. But now with the virtual, it's, we had a rule, laptops down, phone closed, but now it's hard with the virtual part of it. You cannot turn off the phones and then turn off the computer because you're using, you're using yeah, it. Yeah. But, yeah. but still, you, there, there are tricks how to keep people focused. Yeah. Are, are you using uh, Mural for that or what, what tool do you use for the virtual boards? So we used many along the years. Morally was one of the early ones. Okay. It's like morally, and we were some of the early customers. And then we used Figma. We typically use Figma nowadays. Okay, so that, that's a core framework to get everyone on the same page that has the problem and the developers to really explore the problem in detail, possible solutions, and then converge on a, a solution. And we basically have a plan from out of that, out of Bridges. It sounds like this is what we're going to create together. Yep. Yeah, Bridges conceptually is just a way to have a much more deeper informative discussion and for us to all look at the same page at the literal same page same words right yeah and then same information flow and everything that everyone has has a place on the board okay that sets up what, what we're going to do now we're going to do it do you have a tool framework you like for being successful in the execution of that work yeah so there's another approach or principle which is called the heart we use it all the time it's to your what you're trying to do is to try to find the most important part of the app that you want to deliver. And the tendency from a team is to feel comfortable and deliver things they already know and are less risky to deliver. This is the least important things we want to deliver. If right. the team knows it, not a problem. So we want to start from the biggest risk, the biggest problem, the biggest weird thing. Right. So I'll give you a Calendly example. We started with taking a just a hard-coded founder calendar with a like manually authenticated calendar token. We just wait, made one page that was showing his availability. It was a hard-coded 9 to 6 Eastern American time zone and just created this booking page, which was showing how many 15 minutes slots does he have. And basically, this is the, the core of the product. Of course, the Calendly still has a lot of stuff, right? And then it has the booking page and then managing of the events and managing of the team members and the dashboard and the list of stuff. And there's a ton of stuff that that has been developed in the last 10 years. 
but this was the main, the most important page. And then we didn't know if Google will allow us to do real-time requests. Maybe it'll be slow, maybe not going to be nice, maybe not going to be working, maybe need to, we need to synchronize it. We need to synchronize it every few minutes. Then what do we do with the duplicates? There was a lot of risks. We called them solution risks or implementation risks. And if we didn't know what will happen, and we had a very tight budget. And, and the founder also had a huge amount of ideas how to work with Microsoft and with Outlook and Outlook plugins and so on and so on. And some of the things are still not implemented in Kellen. And then we had to figure, based on this budget, what is it that, that we can do? And, and for that, we needed to eliminate as much as possible. So that's why I pushed to, to go to the Google authentication route, to, to the Google route, which was risky because a lot of the businesses were using Microsoft at the time and then they, they didn't want to go to Google. Route. But it was really great from the product perspective because you're missing, you, you can skip so many things like the login. You sign up with Google, you give access to the calendar and you already have the integration done. You don't need integration page, reintegration page, you need a login page for a good password page. And, a lot of the other pages that developers would be happy to build because they built so many of them and they would probably do some nice touches to it so that they feel great, but they would just use the budget and then you're, after that, you're dead. So we minified it all. The hard framework, which we use on top of bridges, helps you figure how do you deliver the best minimum viable product or the best usable product based touching the minimum amount of elements. And in that regard, the heart resulted into just building this one booking page. Because after that, we didn't know what we were going to do. Because there's so many options. If Google doesn't allow us real-time sync, then there's a lot that we need to do around this booking engine. And this is the most important engine. So we don't know how much we can build up the rest of the administrative functionality stuff. That is very, generally, it's very straightforward. Lists and forms, right? And edit. So we build this page and, and then we give it to 50 people in the company and then we refresh it and it worked. And we're like, okay, I think we have a product here. And that was basically the, we created a personal founder booking page mm-hmm. that couldn't even book anything. It was just showing you the availability, but the rest of the things fall into place. And then when you take your team and you de-risk everything and you push them, I was the product manager for that product. So I, I didn't need to make the product manager be in sync. So we, when you take everyone and you focus everyone, people start understanding what is it that we're building. Yes, they heard a lot of the stuff while doing the bridges and they know a lot of the cars and a lot of the problems, but they were also listening about things about Microsoft. They had one there and they're like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And you focus all of them and you say, okay, look, if we take this booking page and we pull it through Google, like the only, what is the next best step? This is the next best step. And that is the next best step. And this is the next best step. And that, and then this is it. This is the end of the product. So this is the only thing that we can deliver. So this is the path that we're trying to cover. And we must focus. We must not try anything else. And, and basically, every time we deliver a product, it's functional, right? So even this booking page that we delivered in, in the first few days, it was functioning. It was working. So then we needed to unhard go with his calendar and, and do things. So basically, we were just adding step by step the smallest possible uh, thing. And that's uh, how the heart functions. The heart gives you ability to build a functioning product that closes all those most important issues, benefits, and risks for the people that we focus on. At And at every point of time, you keep it functional. You keep the product working. The phrase, which is probably distinctly American, I don't know the roots of this, eat the frog, 
the, this notion, I don't know if you've heard that one before, right? But you do the hard thing first, right? When, yeah. when you eat the frog. And sometimes I start my day thinking about that. Okay, what's the frog today that I need to knock off the list? Just get it done that I don't really want to do. But the heart is talking about what is the hard thing that we're not really sure if we can do. And it's if it can't be done, it's the, this, we don't have a solution to this problem. So identifying that and also sound like this would be the key thing that would demonstrate to the founder in your Calendly example that this is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and for it to take shape and for it to take shape, not in weeks or months or whatever, everyone is, what are engineers doing? They're building the product. If it takes a long time for someone to build something, they're probably doing the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. It's very important for everyone to be aligned all the time and everyone to understand what is it that we're building. Yeah. But then part of the system, like you have to start building everything from the heart because if you don't have a heart, who's pumping the blood? Keep it alive. Excellent information. Really glad to hear about bridges and the heart. And as listeners know, we like innovation quotes. And I asked you to think of one for us and share what that means. What do you have for us? Yes. Those who seek shall find. Very important uh, quote in, in our lives. It it is applied to pretty much everything. In a lot of the cases, some roles are very hard to hire for. Searching for this, the solutions that are simple, not jumping into, okay, let's build it whatever way. Searching for uh, vendors and contacts that you are going to work with. Sometimes you're stressed on interviews, you're stressed to figure out what is it that you want to ask them? What does you want to figure out ahead of time? And somehow our minds work like that, that you're okay to spend the like six months with wrong people, but you're not okay to spend those 60 minutes to figure out what is it you want to test them for or figure mm. figure out because it's so stressy, it's so weird and unknown. And it's basically following your instincts of, of what is it that you need to, how do you need to find it and what does you need to find? It's very important. Every time I, I was not like really searching and, and diving deep or like selecting the improper immigration lawyer, it created mm, big problems. Yes. Those that seek shall find the solution for sure. Right. Very good. Yeah. The, as you said that, I was thinking it sounds like a, a paraphrase of uh, uh, Jesus's quote. And I was like, who do I attribute this to? Probably many people have said some version of this, that those who seek shall find, knock and the answer will be given to you, that sort of thing. Okay. Appreciate the information. For bridges, for the heart, for other frameworks, other tools, certainly for information on Railsware and what you do, how can people find out about resources you have and other capabilities that you do? Railsware.com is a great place to start. So we are, as I said, we have three products, Mailtrap, Coupler, and Tightnaps. Mailtrap is a email platform. It helps you do email sending and email testing. It starts with an email testing. It was built with using bridges and heart, weirdly, at the beginning. We didn't know it's called the heart uh, back then. We were just saying we're doing it. And, and basically, we, we made the smallest uh, possible product, right? Titan Apps is a productivity tool set. It started with a checklist. We had this beautiful hidden product, stealth product that we were developing. It was a big product, and we didn't plan yet to launch it to the bigger crowd. But we needed a checklist on Jira to be able to deploy like processes into it. And there was, the, the market didn't have anything, didn't have APIs and so on. So we built it in three days using bridges in the heart. And we have basically used uh, the beauty of the heart to make it the most simple possible. We didn't have any storage, we didn't have backend, we didn't have anything. It was just a front-end solution 
which had a text area to edit your checklists. So it didn't have a lot of the front-end components, React components that you would put a lot of time into to to move things around and to edit. You, you give you text area if you want, move your lines, move your text lines. And then a minus was a checklist, a plus was a finished checklist, tilde was a in-progress checklist, and X was a canceled checklist item. And this text area turned into checklist items, just rendered it itself into checklist items. And when you were clicking on them or changing their status, they would change the text at the backend in the in a field in Jira, in just a text field in Jira. That way we didn't have to build these massive things and people build backends, a lot of the front-end interaction and so on. It was just a, a piece of JavaScript. And then after we deployed in three days, we used it a lot ourselves, it worked. It had, it didn't have a super nice flow and you sometimes you wanted to do this, but it was good. And then a lot of people used it and thousand people, a uh, thousand companies installed it as a free plugin. We were like, okay, let's, let's make it into a product. And then, we put more efforts into it, and now we're at our fifth uh, product that we're delivering. We delivered one to Monday platform, and three of them, the third one is being deployed soon to Jira platform. Um, and again, all of it built with the heart. We just built our AI plugin, uh, using also using the heart methodology that, that just to take the smallest possible scope and then to have a usable product. Sometimes frustrating, but in general, it, it solves your purposes, right? And then the third product is Coupler. It's a data platform. It um, moves data between different places right now. You can take data from your accounting tools and put it into a spreadsheet and then automate your reports. You can use it for doing your marketing spends, looking at your marketing spends or monitoring your campaigns, what's happening with them and making a decision. You can send notifications from them into Slack and then have be informed every day what, what's happening yesterday. And that way you build basically this, you push information to people so everyone reads it and everyone has thoughts about what's happening. And then Coupler is also about to become a much bigger data platform. So we're, we have some very interesting things are up our sleeves. And those are the three products that we're building. Yeah, but at the same time, we're also, we still run our consultancy part of the company. Our We help a lot of clients with bridges and the heart and our diligent approaches to engineering innovation to, to just help them deliver the products to market. Those companies are really amazing and they have amazing ideas and products and they just need sometimes some extra knowledge and ability to do it. Companies get to stick to their own ideas and we right. as consultancy get to mix them up and then give them everything that we know and then everything that we learned. Yeah. So, yeah. And you have good nimble approaches, which is probably helpful to the more established uh, organization as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent. Okay, so best place to go, railsware.com to find out more. Really appreciate the information uh, so much, Yaroslav, uh, on bridges, on the heart uh, method, and some of your experience there, uh, just building great products for customers, as well as uh, internally now that you're providing to customers. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. And once again, listeners, you will find the written notes of everything we discussed and that one-page action guide for you at productmasterynow.com slash 467. As always, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.